1: Happen. I congratulate myself. My good work. Mm-hmm. I knew that you have been so beside yourself with jealousy over Isabella <laughs> because your, um, you know what game wasn't up to Isabella's level. That That's you are now. Trip. You are now starting tonight. Good job of putting on a counter. <laughs> A counter-offensive. It's
2: just a t-shirt.
1: No, yeah, right. She was just <laughs> baking uh, cake. The counter-offensive is on, Alice. I like what I'm I'm just seeing.
2: wearing a t-shirt. And
1: I hope out there, guys, that Isabella has motivated your uh, women to uh, go full twin the um, full bore. I don't think she- it's that
2: exciting. It's just uh, yeah. a t-shirt.
1: You just couldn't handle her, could you? This was what it was all about. Pure jealousy. And I celebrate it. I think it's wonderful. I think competition is always good. Always good. And especially in this way as well. Uh, Oh, all right, Alice. We're going to celebrate somebody else, though. We're going to celebrate somebody who has written in the New York Times, written an article in the New York Times. This author's name is Vanessa Barbara. She's from Brazil, from Sao Paulo, Brazil. And she writes this. This... A uh, An op-ed for the ages called How Telling Stories to My Daughter Got Me Through the Darkest Times. And it says precisely what you think it would say. I was nursing a four-month-old baby when Jair Bolsonaro won Brazil's uh, presidential election in 2018. It was a disaster, and I knew it right away. My daughter, let's call her Potato. <laughs> Such a good choice. Yep. Yeah kept on sucking while I shed tears over her head. Then I changed her into a rainbow onesie to indicate my displeasure with our future president, who once said he was, quote, proud to be homophobic. Well, she showed him with the rainbow onesie, huh?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the (laughs) rainbow onesie, it starts you right off wondering if this is April 1st or if this is some kind of elaborate troll or because it's, too perfect that she's dressing Potato in the rainbow onesie because of uh, the Because Bolsonaro, Bolsonaro won the presidential election.
1: So she's going to get him with a sneak attack using Potato in a <laughs> rainbow onesie. There was not much else I could do in my state of exhaustion and despair, but then on one, those, <laughs> on one of those lonely nights of breastfeeding, I started to tell Potato random stories just to feel less alone and to divert my sad thoughts. To divert your sad thoughts? No. To burden potato with your sad thoughts. <laughs> um, little did I know this: the simple act of telling tales would see us through an unhinged far right presidency and a devastating pandemic. In the toughest of times, it was a lifeline. Now, obviously, at this point, if you are an actual editorial page editor, of course, he got defenestrated. Their editorial page editor a couple of years ago because he,
2: um, he but, Is that the Tom Cotton? Yeah, they ran essay, the Tom that's Cotton what essay.
1: Yes, you weren't allowed to do that, so they threw him out. You, but usually an editor at this point would say, we, you can't do this, guys, this is the New York <laughs> Times. You can't do the local paper, the local patch, maybe. I remember the story that started everything. It was a table of Damon and Pythias. Now, I don't know who those people are.
2: I think it's a fable, not a table.
1: Oh, a tale. Oh, what is it? Or a tale? It was a tale of Damon I and Pythias. I thought was a table, but I could I- Which I had read somewhere and wanted to pass along. According to the myth, they were best friends who traveled to Syracuse where Pythias did something unpleasant to King Dionysus. By by the way, don't bother finding out for us any of the details of this thing that you're (laughs) borrowing from. According to the myth, where the best friends traveled to Syracuse where Pythias did something unpleasant to King Dionysus and was sentenced to death. Pythias wanted to say goodbye to his family, so Damon offered himself as a hostage while Pythias settled his affairs. The king agreed. Nobody expected Pythias to return, but he did. Dionysus was so moved by the demonstration of friendship that he revoked the death sentence. So we'll just leave that paragraph alone (laughs) because it's untethered to anything else (laughs) happening in this. When I relayed the story's ending, I swear that my baby... The story that she kind of knows. Not really, but kind of. When I relayed the story's ending, I swear that my baby stopped feeding for a second. (gasps) So... So moved by Pythias and Dionysus.
2: Probably shocked by her mom's display of emotion over nothing.
1: I swear that my baby stopped feeding for a second, her big brown eyes looking at me inquiringly. After that, I decided to tell her any anecdote that came to my mind and sounded even remotely child appropriate. We're about to hear some of this subject (laughs) matter. This helped me a lot during late night diaper changes, especially when I also needed to change potatoes soaked bed linens while distracting a cold, outraged baby. Also unnecessary for us Potato to...
2: is going to be in therapy with a printed out copy of this article in a, oh, yes. an incredibly short amount of years.
1: She paid attention, first to my intonations and then to the narrative, as she began to understand our language. I told her stories of the day I slipped off a boat, the day my bus broke down. <laughs> Great! Great! <laughs> the day I got stitches, the day... The day I mistook apples for tomatoes. The day two buckets flew away through our window. Whatever. She loved the story of a friend who was stung by a bee and continued to play a recreational volleyball match with a swollen foot. It's graphic. It's heroic. It's fun. Okay, Psycho. <laughs> the stung by a bee story. Always a crowd pleaser. The day I slipped off a boat?
2: <laughs> the apples for tomatoes story sounds riveting, too.
1: Potato must think that like like this is the worst fiction that i have ever heard this story sucks did curious george eat a piece of the puzzle or no that's what i need to know i don't need you slipping off the boat i don't need you um volleyball matches with swollen feet a little more than a year later when potato was a toddler learning to walk and talk COVID 19 reached the country By then, I was telling her stories about the environment, indigenous tribes in the Amazon rainforest, and the soaring deforestation rates under Mr. Bolsonaro's watch. Everyone knows deforestation
2: rates make great stories.
1: The indigenous tribes. Soaring deforestation rates under Mr. Bolsonaro's watch. Mommy, tell me the one about the deforestation rates again. Then we began to chat about pathogens. (laughs) Masks, vaccines, and science denialists. Um, The previous paragraph mentioned (laughs) child-appropriate subject matter. Yes, they're going to kill you for not wearing masks. That's right, potato. Like the leader of our country. Oh, oh, like the leader of our country. He's a science denialist. Who aimed for herd immunity and worked against vaccines. Sharing stories was our way of getting through the long days and nights of social isolation. She showed a special interest in the plot of a novel by Ivan Goncharov, the 19th-century Russian novelist. She picked up from the from my bedside table. She got a book from my bedside table. The protagonist Ilya Ilyich Oblomov refused to leave his bedroom. For him to move from his bed to a chair takes dozens of pages. He complied with we complied with quarantine before it was cool. So this is this mother of potato who is working through a psychosis or a hysterical um spell. Right. She is in duress. She is transferring that directly to the baby who she's got is now the baby is now her psychiatrist. <laughs> right.
2: As are we all now. And the New York Times editorial board <clears throat> also.
1: So now we go into the next thing that this child didn't do. As she developed her language skills, Potato started to ask difficult questions about why the rich could continue to drain our natural resources and why Mr. Bolsonaro hadn't been arrested yet. I tried to convey a hopeful message about the future, but sometimes my despondency was hard to hide. Maybe they'll arrest him
2: tomorrow, honey.
1: I bet you it was. Because you're in the drinking boxed wine, collapsed on the couch, (laughs) sobbing. On the other hand, I learned that telling stories to her was a way of thinking out loud, calming my anxieties. I'm sure Potato
2: loves to know that she's the only thing <sighs> standing between you and a depressive episode.
1: Yeah, Potato is on her fifth cup of Klonopin right now <laughs> because you calmed your anxieties by laying them on Potato. I got a therapeutic. I got a therapeutic break from my neurosis, and she got a story. Sick mother. Somebody needs to call the police. Take little potato away. This is well,
2: right? Because what potato is learning here is that mommy only feels happiness if I pretend to care right. about the deforestation rates.
1: Right, right. Um, I don't know if we need. I. Uh, uh, I told my daughter about Mister. Uh, I told that's the story I told you about. She went goes more into politics. Potato is now a five year old who knows how to read, write, and craft a compelling narrative. <laughs> what an a hole. I hate Potato, and I hate this lady. A while ago, we were coming home from school when she decided to perform a story inside the crowded bus. Great. Great. I told her to lower her voice. To little avail, you know, Potato. <laughs> at one point, we were all in a very deep cave with a giant chicken and a huge ice cream. The lady next to us couldn't stop laughing, especially when the plot twist came. We got off at the penultimate stop. So most passengers didn't hear the end of the story. Do we have to know that, by the way, that they got off at the penultimate stop? Or is this a chance to use penultimate?
2: Yeah, it's a chance to use penultimate.
1: Um. So yada, yada, yada. So she's been teaching me how to finish complex narrative. No, I don't think her bus story, which sucks, by the way, in a very deep cave with a giant chicken and a huge ice cream. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Sorry, potato isn't uh, <laughs> uh, creating complex narratives. But this whole thing is just made to show you what a good parent this person is. Mm-hmm. What and a really how brilliant
2: good potato is.
1: How br- brilliant potato is. That's exactly right. Which reminds me of something that Jonah Goldberg pointed out um, in National Review some years ago. Which is just one of our favorite things. It's a New York Times profile of Cody Keenan, who was Obama's speechwriter, w- who Obama called Hemingway. Mm-hmm. How uh, West Wing is that? Where's Hemingway? Uh, Maybe about everything. This is part of the Times uh, thing. One one night last week, Cody Keenan, the chief uh, White House speechwriter, President Obama, uh, was christened Hemingway, but he knew he needed help. Mr. Keenan had spent 15 days holed up in a hotel room in Honolulu, Honolulu. He's trying to write a speech, but he's having writer's block. Um, he was spent 15 days holed up in a hotel room in Honolulu, Honolulu as a president vacation nearby and seven more in a windowless office in the basement of the West Wing trying to turn a blank computer screen into a 6,000-word State of the Union first draft. The lonesome process had finally gotten to him. So the burly 34-year-old former high school quarterback left his White House office and trudged into the freezing rain to the nearby apartment of one of his closest friends in the administration, Benjamin J. Rhodes. And this is all you need to hear. This is the same. This is potato. It was after midnight. But Mr. Rhodes, a deputy national security advisor and the writer of many of the president's foreign policy speeches, was up reading to kill a mockingbird to his four week old daughter. Once again, (laughs) Rhodes was up reading to kill a mockingbird to his four -week week old daughter. The two men poured two single malt scotch whiskies, and, with the baby resting quietly, began triage on Mr. Keenan's prose. New York Times. By 5 a.m., a more succinct draft was on its way to the president.
2: By the way, when I was at the pediatrician um, for Peter's one-month appointment, they asked um, how many books I read to him a day. Mm-hmm. And I said, "I'm <laughs> like I thought she was joking at first. I was like... No, I'm not reading him books.
1: What are you talking about? It doesn't take.
2: (laughs) And and like we went back and forth for a while because she was like, well, is somebody reading to him? And I was like, no. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? And (laughs) because he's. A one month old baby, and he doesn't understand books.
1: Like, why would maybe I read like, him? A maybe he'd book? like to kill a mockingbird. Oh, so he's like a month behind the roads, kids.
2: <laughs> I know. I know. He's totally behind. And then she's like, We're just trying to make sure he has language exposure.
1: He has four other crazy animals around him. He has got too much language exposure. <laughs> Believe me, it's constant language exposure with this. There's kid. a lot happening in this house. Just before <laughs> we started the podcast, we had one kid sprint in here, rip my phone out of the wall, pursued by another kid. Had to negotiate a peace deal between them
2: because somebody used the wrong taco shell. Right. was literally what it was about. So Peter gets his language exposure. But apparently, I mean, I guess that's a thing, because I don't remember that with the other kids when they were a month old being checked in with the other questions, like, do you have a gun in the home? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, who, is anyone smoking around the baby? They're like, so who's reading to the baby? <laughs> I was like, reading to him? What? So, yeah, apparently this is like a thing. I have this thing, rainbow yeah.
1: colored book here I'd like you to try on him um joe biden just um
2: tommy new hampshire wants to know if <coughs> peter's picked his pronouns yet
1: very valid question
2: he has not told us anything about
1: pronouns <laughs> well it's, yeah we're
2: waiting we ask him every day
1: yeah we're still he re- has using not the responded. placeholder of the assignment at birth right now um but, uh, joe biden tweets out my, my administration has canceled more student debt uh, for 3.6 million people through various actions bringing the promise of higher education to more heart through various executive actions this guy should be impeached again. Again. Right. This is the most disgusting thing you can possibly do. You're taking from people who are less fortunate, giving to por- fortune, more fortunate people who have master's degrees. This is horse bleep mm-hmm. and ridiculous. They should impeach the crap out of this guy. It's ridiculous. And by the way, I'm going to make note on this subject of um, impeachment. Mm-hmm. I keep hearing, I was listening to the Commentary Magazine podcast, and they keep bringing up, Podesta keeps bringing up. Podorets. Podorets, sorry. Uh, keeps bringing up that um, that it's on Mitch McConnell and Republican senators that Trump is even eligible to run again,
2: <coughs> because that, they didn't impeach him. They didn't before. convict him, right?
1: But the point is this: I think he's forgetting, and I think like here other people not forget this. Pelosi wrote the articles of impeachment in a fashion that she knew would keep Republicans from voting for it. Right? She knew that. She said that he uh, started an insurrection. That's not what he did. You can say he was derelict of duty, Mm -hmm. but she didn't put that in the language. That's not in the impeachment language. That's why McConnell and Republicans didn't vote for this thing, among other reasons, but that's why.
2: Right. Right. And you can, I mean, I'm actually like a fan of impeaching the president. Like, I think they should impeach him every time they do something stupid. But because the executive branch has way too much power right now and the legislature needs to clamped down like presidents should always feel like they're under threat of being removed from office in my opinion but (laughs) anyway that's not the world we live in so you know they
1: little piece of audio Alice uh I'd like your take on this and I know that you're generally not into the story we're we're just not that into it yet I mean there's a chance that we could be but
2: is this the Epstein client list
1: this is uh Aaron yeah this is Aaron Rodgers was on he goes on with uh McAfee and uh, he he drops a little uh, nugget here, Alice. This has something to do with the Epstein list that came out? <laughs> feels like <laughs> Feels like That's supposed to be coming out soon. That's supposed to be coming out soon.
0: Look at this guy. has been there's waiting in his people wine
3: people cellar.
0: Here. I've been waiting in my wine I, cellar I, for this I, I,
3: thing. A lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't <laughs> die. Do uh, <work>. <laughs> All right. Wow. All right, obviously. <laughs> Clip from this particular program was run on Jimmy Kimmel's show, uh, whenever Aaron brought up the,
1: the list and then Wow, there you go, Alice. Taking down Kimmel.
2: Be exciting. I don't know. I, I I just feel like nothing's gonna come of any of it, so it's not gonna matter. So I have trouble like getting into it. Maybe if like something happens, but I just think all the people are like too protected. And
1: And I also think uh, Jimmy Kimmel tweeted, by the way, dear a-hole, for the record, I've not met, flown with, visited or had any contact whatsoever with Epstein, nor will you find my name on any list other than the clearly phony nonsense that some that soft brained uh, wackos like yourself can't seem to distinguish from reality. Your reckless words put my family in danger. Keep it up and we will debate the facts further in court. Wow. Dang. Jimmy Kimmel not having it, Alice.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty hard as a celebrity to win
1: any of those kinds of cases. Um, So, um, we know... Uh, we haven't cl- even
2: talked about Claudine Gay Claudine yet. Gay
1: has been, I've just been reading an Ibrahim X. Kendi uh, tweet. Claudine Gay has, was forced out of Harvard today, even though she's going to still be part of the faculty, mm-hmm. which is disgraceful as it is. She's a, a dumb plagiarist who's a racist, and it, all the DEI people should be tossed. <clears throat> but your guy, Ibram X. Kendi, says, <clears throat> when a racist mob attacks a black person, it finds a seemingly legitimate reason for the attack but that allows for it to Accrue popular support and credibil- credibility, which allows the growing mob to deny they are attacking the person in this way because the person is black. Well, also genius, then this guy should be fire- whacked, too. Um, It's weird. Noah Rothman liked that tweet. It, it's it, You know what's weird, uh, Ibram, is that she's a plagiarist, okay? And she's an anti-Semite and a racist. Like, you're a racist, too, and you should also right. be fired, too. He said, that's how anti-black racist attacks have been justified. The seemingly legitimate reason in this latest, latest case at Harvard is primarily academic misconduct or plagiarism. The question to assess whether this was a racist attack isn't whether Dr. Gay engaged in any misconduct. The question is whether all these people would have investigated, surveilled, harassed, written about, and attacked her in the same way if the Harvard president in this case would have been... Uh, White? Correct. It isn't hard to figure out why the racist mob is cheering right now and saying, go woke, go broke, and President K wasn't qualified, and the tide is turning against woke and DEI, and this is just the beginning of the end. Woke, 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 woke. Yeah. Uh, suck it, Ibram X. Kending. He yeah, is- she
2: said this in her statement, too. She said that um, it was frightening <laughs> to be subjected to personal attacks and threats fueled by racial animus. Maybe the attacks were fueled by the fact that you're a total cheat and a fraud and an academic lightweight who copied enormous <coughs> amounts of her so-called scholarly work from other people.
0: Are you happy? Maybe or
2: that's not happy that she's gone. Well, <clears throat> I'm of two minds because on the one hand, she obviously deserved to be gone, but on the other hand, she is like the perfect encapsulation of what Harvard is. So, uh, it the job suited her and it suited harvard to have her there Right, she's the president harvard deserved to have uh do you have that um cut i think it was a cnn cut too of them talking about her this is uh, the plagiarism scandal uh, matt
1: egan cnn reporter matt egan
4: these plagiarism allegations uh where claudine gay has had to issue corrections um multiple corrections now we should note that um, Claudine Gay has not been accused of stealing anyone's ideas in any of her writings. Uh, she's been accused of sort of a, more like a copying uh, other people's writings without attribution. So it's been more sloppy a- attribution than stealing anyone's ideas. But nonetheless, you, you put all of that together. These plagiarism allegations. Sloppy uh, where-
1: attribution. Oh,
2: yeah. Sloppy attribution. <laughs> That's right.
1: Is that what you call that? Huh? Um, yeah, I love it. I think she's a punk, and I'm I'm glad she's gone, and I'm glad to, that any of these DEI people, I don't care, uh, man, woman, gay, straight, black, white, I don't care, any of these DEI people, these are cancerous, toxic people, and we need this to be done. And uh, he took some heat at the beginning, um, Chris Rufo, but he has done mm-hmm. excellent work.
2: Yeah, no, he has, and I mean, a bunch of people on the left pretty much seemingly yelled at him because he said from the beginning, you know, that they were going to try and get her fired because Mm -hmm. of all this stuff. And people were like, I can't believe people are, you know, doing this, even though Chris Rufo said this was his plan. Well, you know, you guys are the people who hired this loser and like propped her up and pretended that she was some kind of scholar when she's a total grifting fraud. Mm -hmm. There's no, it's not, Chris Rufo's fault that you made it easy to fire Harvard's president. And once again, the fact that they propped her up and pretended that she deserved to be the president of Harvard for that long is a disservice to black women, actually. (laughs) Yes. This is bad for black women. And there are actual, you know, women of color who have done academic work and it takes away from them. To have somebody like her put up as the example of the historic first and now out after the shortest tenure of any Harvard president, no one else would be made president of the college with an academic record like that. Of course not. It's, of course not. it's hugely pathetic and disappointing and just <laughs> makes black women look bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's no, no, no doubt about this. And who is it was saying that they, they must... Oh, yeah, uh, Mark Lamont Hill said they must replace her with a black woman. Must. <laughs> We're not doing this crap anymore. Just find the smartest, best college president to to, to do... Whatever, do what you want, in Harvard. Um, uh, uh, there is this post about crazy women, which I like. Yeah, you love crazy
2: women. So this was just a theory someone had about why men like crazy women. Right. Why wow, you would have evolutionarily developed this way.
1: Yes, and it says men love crazy women because they see a future mother who will raise warriors. When they see a soft-hearted woman who's overly domesticated and cries easily, they can't help but instinctively feel she will raise my son.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down.
2: Not racial slurs.
1: No, oh, sorry, homophobic slurs. Slurs. So uh, I don't think that I don't think that I like crazy women because it's sexy. It's a it, it, because women's are. But why
2: would you have developed that evolutionary drive to like crazy women? Like, what evolutionary advantage is there to liking crazy women?
1: Because I'm a boring, unfeeling, cold room wasp. And... So, but
2: what? Uh...
1: It's wild. It's it's No,
2: but like what evolutionary advantage does it give to your offspring?
1: It produces them.
2: Well, yeah. So you're saying you wouldn't be able to produce offspring with somebody who
1: wasn't crazy? I'm much more into <laughs> crazy women. But why? I am because I find them
2: um No, but what I'm saying is like is why would you find that attractive? from an ev- like men find like curvier women attractive mm. because those are like signs that they'll be good at childbirth and stuff I right? think
1: that there's a certain level of badassery that comes with craziness that is very Linda Hamilton in the Terminator that yeah so that's essentially what the tweet is saying oh okay okay so maybe there maybe maybe it is i mean so that, saying
2: a crazy woman will raise your kids to be warriors
1: mostly i think it's hot and i mean well yeah but why i what don't makes know why you... evolution what my evolutionary well, thinking is i don't know that i've gone <laughs> I'm that deep i beginning to see why you, <laughs> why
2: you were last in your high school class did you take biology ever
1: no okay, I don't believe in um, in uh, animals and studying. We did, did one time actually I did I found we had a biology teacher in high school in Austin prep who I found rather attractive actually. She was much much uh, older. She claims she knew or met uh, Ted Bundy, Things biology teachers say. <clears throat> no I, didn't, I I didn't first of all, which, where did you graduate in your class? We didn't have class rank because oh, we were the- right. um, In other words, I graduated higher than you did. That is correct. Um, no,
2: we so, didn't have class rank because it was the era of deciding that kids were under too much pressure at oh. schools like Lexington. Like, oh, we've put too much cr- pressure on the kids, so they're all like stressed out. So we don't want them to have class rank to know. Anyway, I had a 4.5 GPA.
1: Uh, I probably had there on the same thing. Mm-hmm. So this is uh this uh, it it brings me to this lady, um and one of the reasons why it's good for women to be crazy because this lady is is just an attractive woman who's getting hit on. I don't think this is new, but I dug it. It shows she's taking a video of herself, a blonde woman. She worked like like at some kind of comic book store or something, and this dude's hitting on her. What?
3: No. Yeah. We don't
0: know how so college, mm-hmm. I think right? Kent, I don't know. that's right. Yeah, it's
1: about forty minutes.
3: How old are you? Old are you? Old are you? 19. Nineteen. I think you got it. Yep.
0: The
3: city is Kent. Right? Kent. Is a city called Kent in the college is called Kent. Mm-hmm. Is that like East Cleveland? No, it's Kent, Ohio. <laughs> so it's not even part of Cleveland.
1: No. It's part of Northeast Ohio. I guess. So this is the other side of why it's. I think it's important for women to be psycho. This lady gets hit on from this one dude, and I think there's a couple dudes. mm Hmm. Just continually, and like she's not into any of it. Right, She doesn't want it. And for the her for her crime, I'm going to say one other thing right here. Tom Shattuck would not have the balls to ever hit on this lady, even when I was 19. So she was safe. <laughs> so, um, but but it's like you're stuck, and this is something women have to deal with. You're stuck. Doing a job in a place where you're not allowed to leave, so you just have to take it, mm-hmm. take it as he keeps doing it and, and keeps doing it and keeps doing it. Just, just hitting on you, finding your name, asking more leading questions, wanting to know more things, and it's something that women just have to endure. Yeah, and that's why I think that's another reason why it's good to have some badassery. It's a good idea. I don't even remember how this and. It's, um, uh, let me just see how this ends. No. You said, do you have Instagram?
2: I don't like social media. Why not? Mm, Perpetuate some bad vibes from people.
1: <laughs> She's no longer. You're cute. She's not strong. did like you say? No. You
0: ever go to the beach? Not really. a no. boat? It's
1: not
2: really a beach, is it? It's a lake.
1: So, so, so she just has to endure this whole thing this whole time, mm-hmm. and that's just it. Yeah, have you had a job where you've had men just you know, you've had to stand there and take it? I mean,
2: lifeguarding, yeah.
1: As a teenager. Yeah. From not just people your age, but men. Like
2: old men. Yeah. Wow. Would like come and talk to me about like what music I like. And it was, when I say old men, I'm not talking about like 30 year olds. I'm talking about like, like, Eighty year olds who are at the sports club to use the pool and do like aqua aerobics, and right. they know that you're trapped and you can't leave because you have to watch oh, the pool. Oh my so goodness! So they're coming over and like talking to you about like what music you're listening to and like, oh, the absolute worst.
1: Oh my goodness! Uh, were you receptive to some of these? No, mm-hmm.
2: no, no.
1: If you were at the Lexington uh, pool, was what was it? What was it what was the club Boston Sports Club pool? Mm-hmm. And hit on Alice Shattuck, and uh, you have a story to tell. Please let us know. What's the number, else? What? What's the number? Don't we have a number?
2: Oh yes, we do have a number. You can call nine seven eight three zero eight two six four six and talk to us if you would like to talk. I can put that in the chat as well. Um, yeah, while we're live, you can call us actually. And um, but yeah, but it's. I mean, there's a lot of situations. It's not just jobs where you end up trapped and have to like one thing I have never liked about. Getting ID'd when I go to like a liquor store yeah. is that then they have your address, which creeps me out so oh, much. Yeah, I hate that.
1: I, I just why saw that do happen I have It it makes yep. me so
2: uncomfortable that some like creepy person who's like on drugs at the liquor store selling scratch tickets to people like now knows where I live. Oh, it's yeah, so uncomfortable. You think he might be
1: looking you up on his phone.
2: Did not like that. Did I do not like that? About oh, that. this is why
1: you can't and, go to the packy in town at the f- market. Remember this? What? This is two years two years old. Because people kept hitting you at the packy, right?
2: Oh, that was that. Yeah, but that was just other customers.
1: Wow. But, Wait, yeah. you know what? When you're that hot, Alice, I'm sorry.
2: Oh, there you go. You have a caller. Oh,
1: very good. Let me get, find this. I don't even know where this is open. Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. Hold on.
0: Good day. Calls from Morgan Heverin. To accept, press one. To send a voicemail, press two. Hold
1: on, Morgan. Here we go. Hey. Hey. Hey, can you hear us, Morgan? Why isn't that working else? I don't know what worked last Morgan. time Morgan called. We can hear you. He can't hear us. Maybe I'd like to set this thing up, just call up. How do you know we Audio can hear settings? him? He
2: hasn't said anything.
1: Oh. oh, dang.
2: It worked last time. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, that, the, not, yeah, That liquor store situation was different. Let's try him. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was different.
1: Hey, can you get us? Hear us? Yeah, I got you. Hey,
3: oh, okay, there what's going go. on?
1: Not much. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. We are doing good. No complaints. How's your team? Awesome. I.
3: I It sounds like there's a little bit of a delay, but um, I want that uh. That last clip you played, it's like this really bad version of don't worry, be happy. It's like slow. Oh yeah. Oh
2: yes, in the background of the, end, the store she works at I at. mean Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's just like oh geez, man. It's like a glimpse on like where we're heading almost where it's just like, Don't worry, be happy and it's like this terrible exchange between two young Americans. Yeah. I mean, doesn't that scare you guys at all? It's like that's not how we grew up, man. No at all.
1: I I'm I am definitely actually we can't even tell the story well, of Morgan and a, Alicia. But a couple
2: a couple things though. One is the reason I knew that song as a kid is because my dad had one of those fish mm-hmm. that pretended to be a fish yeah. that was Billy on Bass, the wall. Yeah. yeah, and then it would sing.
0: Yeah. And he
2: got it from an infomercial on the TV and thought it was like the yes. most amazing thing ever, like showed it to everyone who came to our house. It's saying that, and it's saying, take me to the river.
3: Yes. <laughs> was right. That was, that was cutting edge technology. It yes. was. Like no, it's true. Actually, when I first laid eyes on my wife, mm-hmm. I didn't even try to hit on her. I, I told you guys this, because I knew she was literally trapped at work. Oh. You know?
1: So that's and smart. Maybe you don't remember... You know, I remember. Yeah, I mean, I just thought it
3: was, like, gross to, like, you know, like, and luckily I caught her, like, waiting for a ride after, so I approached her outside. of me. What
1: and was your opening I line again, Morgan? Run. What's that? What was your opening line again? How did you talk to her? I remember being you surprised got your, at this you before. Got your, you got
3: your finger on that
1: button? Uh, yeah, we'll say no, yes. <laughs>
3: uh, no, we're good. We're good. Oh, my opening line when I first talked to her? Yes. Like, hit, like told her, I, told, I just said, I did the cliche one that everyone is scared to do. I was just like, I have to say something to you because I'll fear, I'll like regret it my whole life. Damn, that's, that's how I felt. Good. Like, you know? Wow, yeah.
1: it's masterful. That's like... I would ch- I still and then, and then
3: I, that and makes then I it pulled the really rose big. out of my.
1: Yeah, he is not she, and she, and she was receptive. <laughs> now but also she was only 19 well, or 18 or 17. She was just a teenager when he did this.
3: Yeah. If so, you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah, she was young, mm-hmm.
1: you know. Yeah, man, see? But some guys have but it. But it. no, was... it takes boldness
2: and it there was an article that I read somebody published on a Substack, I believe this week, um saying that new research shows Gen Z are more risk averse. So that's like You know, these things that we've talked about here and on the other show, being scared to order off restaurant menus, being scared to talk on the phone, all these things. But there's also Gen Z is dating a lot less, having less sex, not, you know, and. I think a lot of that and this article posits that a lot of it is fear of rejection and Gen Z is just risk averse.
1: And I think the, young also men interested- are not
2: young men. They're baby boys and yep. they're scared to talk to women. And maybe one reason why this kid is in the store harassing this young woman is because he knows she can't leave. Yeah, because that's not. An adult man move that's like a boy move. He's scared of rejection and she, he knows that she can't reject him. Right. There. You know? Yeah. It's such a baby thing. It's so unmanly to not be able to handle rejection.
1: Morgan, how'd your gig go last week?
3: It was pretty good. Um, I was nervous. I broke a string, my second song, but. What apparently, string?
1: Like people thought that was
3: on my B string and I wasn't okay. even using a pick. Uh, the keyboard players amp was like right in my right in my ear so i couldn't hear on stage but that's okay that's just par for the chorus. yeah and uh i I broke a a string and i just pressed on and actually like people thought that was really cool apparently they didn't know that you could uh, survive were you playing
1: that telecaster Strings
3: break all the time no, I was just doing
1: an acoustic. Okay. Play. Okay. I used to have a, I think it, yeah. I might have even told you this. I used to have play like a Strat copy when I played out. I was bad. The band was bad. Like
3: a Squire or something?
1: <laughs> no, no, not, not that bad. But it was, yeah. no, it was, might have been an uh, Ibanez or Ibanez, whatever version of Stratocaster. Ibanez, it was a pretty yeah. good guitar, but when a string broke, the whole thing would go out of tune. And it was a nightmare. nightmare. Yeah.
3: Yeah. This is a pretty nice Taylor. It's, it's a good work workhorse. Yeah. And, yeah, thanks. I had to reach out to you that morning. I mean, dude, I always, I just haven't gigged for a while, and I always yeah. get, like, really friggin' nervous. Yeah, that's like, healthy nervous. That's good yeah.
1: nervous, though. That's good. Yeah. All right, brother. It hey, was a good time. Good. Uh, bye, all. Take care. All right. Talk to you later. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Cream <phone rings> on that- Boys, Alice.
2: Um, But I think about the Gen Z risk aversion thing, too, in light of what we were kind of talking about uh, on your radio show today with Frank and Woodbridge and talking about young people like, oh, they can't, you know, get married anymore because 60% of marriages end in divorce. So they can't take that risk that 60% that they might get divorced, you know, or like the girl could cheat or she could just want them for their money or whatever, like. I mean, at some point you have to go live your life. You can't be like, "Oh well, sixty percent of marriages end in divorce. I guess I'll just stay home and play video games." Then.
1: Well, it's between that and the climate, <laughs> uh, you know, catastrophism that's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not bringing another kid into this world. You're gonna, you're gonna deny yourself like all the best pleasures in life, and, in, in like all of the most wondrous things because of. The climate's changing. That so makes no sense. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. It's 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 an odd... Like, this is not a practice run. Right. You get this one here in this fashion. And right. then it's gone. And it goes fist, fast. I'm almost 51 like years old. Just like Morgan's
2: line. You might regret it the rest of your life.
1: Right. If you don't go talk to the girl I, or whatever. And I don't... Like, I, I, I don't understand it because I've always... I, I, m- we didn't have sisters. And so in I, I grew up in a town where there were a lot of really p- pretty women, and so we always kind of put women on pedestals. Like our our sons won't because they've got a sister, so they know that there's no magic there. <laughs> but but I I did, you know, et cetera. So I always wanted to be around women, romantically or just as friends. But certainly, but I don't get that. Like you're over. You're are you over? Like even the like, hookup culture, a, a woman's like nice, like pretty soft sheets in bed, and uh, hair and skin and like closeness and intimacy. Like, is what's better than that? Like, what are you, what are you doing? What video game is better than that real life thing? Yeah, but you could <laughs> get rejected. So, right. See so the, the rejection better no-
2: to just be. At a level where nothing good can happen and nothing bad can happen.
1: Right. (laughs) Right. Well there's in in I certainly got rejected. Oh man. Oh (laughs) Thankfully, most of the bars where most of the killing of me happened got bulldozed by now.
2: But also like we talked about today, it doesn't cause you more anxiety to go out and try and date and get rejected. It's the worst anxiety is sitting home worrying that if you date you'll be rejected. Yeah. Right. Like we talked about the story of Potato and her mom and her mom telling her stories about, you know, mixing up apples and tomatoes and falling off a boat and getting stung by a bee. And like she needs to go out and get stung by some bees. And then like, there's no anxiety anymore. Like you just get stung by bees. That's not it. You need to go out and. Do real stuff. And I think COVID has been an excuse for a lot of people to not do real stuff. And because it's hard to do real stuff, but we've like created a total culture of, you know, letting people just sit in their anxieties and not pushing them to do anything.
1: Totally. Alice, what is the hot sauce?
2: That is the Chelsea Fire Wicked hot sauce taco uh, tuesday
1: are you going down for some tacos
2: i'm gonna go down for some tacos even though i might regret it the rest of my life or at least tonight when i have heartburn that
1: is a shame shame and then we've got one more piece of ceiling to put up
2: yes we have one i call it hanging hang drywall yeah and then um maybe we will we've been entranced by we try not to bore you guys with it on this podcast but we've been very excited about um kms this week
1: gonna watch the persecution two, <laughs> of, two producers on the dock who
2: deserve it a lot um so we're gonna go watch that while i uh tape and
4: uh put joint
2: compound on the
4: so i wasn't sure if you saw uh, uh what jlh jennifer love hewitt said uh, that mm-hmm. uh, in her her early years like in she her 20s watched. she felt like a um sexual object yes like a piece of meat like people she was
1: not a sexual object she was the sexual object she was a and she gorgeous- claimed she
2: didn't know like yeah.
1: why people My found God. her sexy she don't know she's beautiful ellis
4: busted <laughs> after her and that's all that people wanted was just to you know just gaze at her and just you know lick their lips and whatnot like that's they didn't she felt like that uh much of her 20s were taken away from her huh Plus, she was also, and this is alleged, she, she was allegedly horrified at a certain letter Tom Shattuck wrote to her. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that is true. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. I, I had an unhealthy. Hope you guys had a great new year.
1: Everybody had a great new year. Yeah. And everything's going great here in the Hoosier State. My friends. Adios. Good uh, to hear it, Justin. Yeah, your sports teams are winning, too. My, um, Yeah, I liked her when I was in my early 20s and I'll, she, i she just did it for me her she had glinty eyes and i had uh, it uh, just did it for me and and i remember are my eyes glinty uh, well no you don't have those kind of eyes but you've, you've, you you you've putin's eyes but they're they're nice <laughs> Thanks, but so honey. so but but um i remember my friends uh my i have a f- couple friends and 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 they said um I said, oh, man, I love Jennifer Love Hewitt. And they said, who's that? Who's that? And I said, oh, she's the girl from Party of Five. And they, so then it, I actually, they gave me a picture for my, I had a bathroom shelf with their place. So I used to crash there so often. Mm-hmm. They put a picture there of Nev Campbell because she was from Party of Five, but 21, where Jennifer Love Hewitt was about 15, I think. So <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Nev Campbell. All right. Times have changed. It was, things were a lot more acceptable back then, Alice. You ready? Yes. Dr. Cheswick. Hey, Tom, you know what yeah. you should have done to your roommate there? who Cock blocked you. He sure in did. Punta Cana. Yep. With that young, nubile Italian yep. girl. You should have kicked him in the taint. That's what you should have done. He was yeah. prone position. Totally naked. Right on your we, bed. He was. Just boom. <laughs> Shoot of the taint. Right then. I had the shoe in the door. He, I think I think the tank kick is going to be the maneuver of twenty. He had something coming. Uh, yeah, I think M- that's the way, Astro. <clears throat> but <laughs> and I just remember, like, like the last thing he did was probably stumble into the room and think and look at the shoe in the door and say, you know, I should probably get that shoe out of the door. And there you go. And that close that ended any chance I had that, during that entire trip for anything. Oh. Awful, else, awful. I
3: have good news and oh, bad news. Yeah. The defense lawyer says to his client, what's the bad news? The lawyer says, your blood matches the DNA found at the murder scene. Damn it, cries the client. What's the good news? Well, the lawyer says,
1: your cholesterol is down to 140. Ba-dum-bum-bum. I like it. I'm sorry. I like it. I like (laughs) it. I bet you if I tell my kids, at least two of them will think it's very funny. I like it.
4: Hey, Tom and Alice. I just heard the great news that Stephen Gloucester is no longer going to call the show. Oh, Couldn't have heard better news. My goodness. The worst thing that could happen to you guys is to turn into the KMS show. Thank you. It's just... All it is is just Kirk's little rump swabs <laughs> jerking each other off every day and trying to get Daddy's attention. And
3: who loves me? He loves me more than than he loves you. There's oh, some truth to
4: that. monotonous. I couldn't listen. I stopped listening years ago when really? the KMS show just became about the KMS show. Just keep doing what you do. Thank Stick you. Stick to the news and your anecdotes. They're brilliant. And uh, let Kirk's little sycophants <laughs> uh, show off for Daddy. Hey, you guys have a great one. I you, like I, the Minifans. You too. Oh
1: you are she's just being a push. No, I like them. To, you want protection? I enjoy. From
2: them. No, I enjoy the Minifans a lot. I think. I think I actually do like watch and listen to KMS pretty regularly, and know who the people are. Actually, I often know who the Minifans are more than you do.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe some 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 of the guys I I talk to, some of the producers, I, I, some of these guys are really talented, and and I enjoy them as well. Um, but yeah, no, I can't imagine that you stopped listening. It's it's way barstool these days. It's not, I mean, it's not as good now with the producers they have. The, it, it, in the we're, land.
2: we're, we continue to be a Montard family. I
1: think we are a Montard family, absolutely, <laughs> to the end.
2: Um, but uh, thank you all for listening. I, like I said, we're gonna go watch KMS right now while I tape the drywall. So, um, very exciting times over there. And um, if you're into that, but if you just like the Burn Barrel Podcast, you can feel free to do that too. You can join our live streams and chat with us and call us and stuff. That's burn uh, burnbarrel. You can join that or watch for a free burnbarrelpodcast.com.
0: Nice
1: hitting of the post, Alan.
0: Planning for your next trip? Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress manicure and Press On falsies.
3: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.